0: Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Mariko, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right
1: now. Hey, welcome. Martha and I are excited to join you guys today as uh, we love just talking about impact and leadership, impact in leadership, impact on leadership, impact of leadership on you, and of course, outcomes. Today, we welcome Russell Irwin from Long Hollow Baptist Church, right near Nashville, Tennessee, Russell Irwin, welcome.
0: Uh, thank you very much. It's great to be with you. I look, uh, have been looking forward to today.
1: <laughs> well, I, I hope that at the end of it, you still feel the same way. That's what I always think. We just want to help <laughs> that you. So before we get started talking about your leadership role and your perspective of what God's doing at Long Hollow Baptist Church, tell us of how you keep your faith strong and your leadership Christ-centered on a day-to-day basis.
0: Well, it's uh, interesting, the timing of all this, just simply because with this COVID-19 virus, we've spent a lot of time talking about slowed down spirituality. And so uh, our pastor preached a sermon yesterday on prayer. And really, that's been my guide for years, really, that to be able I, I always like to tell people I start my day out with my first cup of coffee with Jesus. And when I say that, I mean, that's not a, that's not a journal in the Bible. And that's my cup of coffee sitting in the dark uh, or sitting in a chair by myself in the sunroom, just talking, meditating, focusing on Christ and trying to start my day out that way. Uh, then get into some Bible reading, some prayer, uh, keeping some journals. We do uh, made that practice of what we call here journals. So we're taking, actually taking a passage of scripture and trying to apply it to our heart and trying to apply it to ourselves, so that it makes an impact on us throughout the day. Uh,
1: so the slow down spirituality, I, I love that comment, but I want you to clarify, because that, in my perspective, that's probably the way it's supposed to have been all along. Is that <laughs> what you
0: mean? Well, when you start looking at the church fathers and the people, the monastics and those
1: folks who. Oh, out- wait a minute. Monastics, nobody, I have no idea what you mean
0: old people
1: okay in history yeah okay <laughs>
0: those, those who would those who would sell out everything and go live on the top of a mountain yeah. but you know and in, in a monastery so they can oh. pray 12 15 times a day that that sort of thing but for centuries we people have been reminding us that uh we're so busy now doing things for god that we've forgotten to spend time with god amen and I think that's one of the main indicators. Pete Scazzaro uh, in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, has mm-hmm. been tremendous in guiding us, uh, me as individual, us as a church, through some of this to be able to say that our activity is the enemy of our intimacy with Jesus.
2: Mm. Wow. And
0: as hard as that is, in a church family of any given Sunday, there's 6,000 people in attendance So we say the average church member is there 1.8 times a month. So we're thinking 12,000 people for us to love on. Mm -hmm. And there's just no limit to the amount of activity. But if we don't slow down, abide in Christ, practice that John 15 remaining and abiding. Jesus was pretty clear when he said, apart from me, you can do zilch, nada, big fat zero, <laughs> nothing at
1: all. How important, Russell, do you feel like all of that is to becoming a great leader?
0: Well, of course, you've got Jesus' model of spiritual leadership in John 13, washing the disciples' feet, that sort of thing. But really, the heart of being a great leader is to operate out of your your new self in Christ. This in, This individual that God intended for me to be when he dreamed me up, when he foreknew me before I was ever born. Now, if I'm not slowing down, spending time with him, intimate with him, I'm not ever going to accomplish or attain to or get to that spot to be that true self that he intended for me to be. And so if I'm going to truly minister from a heart of love and grace and compassion not uh, not out of my flesh, and believe me, uh, as a pastor in the past, I've done many, many, many moons of flesh ministry, mm-hmm. of being able to operate because God gifted me with the ability to love people. I'm a two in the enneagram, so I want everybody to be happy. Uh, I'll go and go and go, but I've operated many years out of the flesh of the mm-hmm. abilities and the gifts that God gave me anyway. Uh, not out of a deep, passionate love for him.
3: Mm. You had so many great things that you just said. I'm thinking, you know— I'm glad the podcast isn't over, but it could be in the sense that, wow, just if we take the time to focus on this opportunity to slow down and really get to know Jesus better intimately ourselves, it will help us to be a better leader as well. Um, So I want to hear a little bit about, tell us about Long Hollow Baptist Church, where you are on staff, and then also some of the ways that they are having the greatest kingdom impact.
0: Okay. Long Hollow, uh, we just celebrated as I think it was our 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so Long Hollow started out years ago, had gone through a transition uh, about 20, uh, 20, 22 years ago, where the church had about 200 people in attendance. Now, if you're going to go to Long Hollow, you've got to have GPS uh, you, it's not on the side of the interstate where people are going to see the steeple. It's not that at all. We're, <laughs> we're tucked away on long hollow pike. Uh, we, uh, you, you have to go there looking for it. Uh, you're not going to come across it by accident. Mm-hmm. So in that period of years, the church grew from about 250 people to, you know, 6,000, to 6,000 in attendance. Wow! And so we have this tremendous fast paced growth uh, with a lot of young people, uh, schools all around us, young young people, young families. And so Long Hollow, uh, we had that ministry that was very pulpit driven, very events driven. Um, about the time we, uh, Darlene and I came along to Long Hollow, 2012, wasn't long after that, that the pastor announced that he was sick. He was dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, David Landreth was a fantastic leader, and then um, not soon after that, Uh, Robbie Gallaty
1: came. When we come back, we're going to spend a little more, lots more time with Russell Irwin, member, care pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform, and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I work for him powerPod on your favorite podcast platform that's I work for him PowerPod take control of your listening time today welcome back to the podcast featuring Russell Irwin member care pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church you got to figure it's probably down a really hilly lane down in a little valley a hollow full of trees everywhere probably where they were running moonshine before NASCAR became really a thing <laughs> it's one of those places in Tennessee uh, Russell I'm sorry that I had to cut you off but you you hadn't gotten a chance it's really talk about the kingdom impact you're seeing. And you guys are in an area that has exploded in growth in the last 20 years. I mean, Nashville, first of all, the traffic in Nashville is ridiculous on a scale of only slightly less bad than Atlanta, uh, because, yeah. because your, your highways aren't near big enough, uh, but yeah. you got mountains everywhere or big hills of rocks and granite. Anyway, so, Talk about the kingdom impact as you've attracted all these young families. What's the kingdom impact really quickly on Hendersonville, and and what's going on there?
0: Well, I think when you start looking at kingdom impact of long, and you described it perfectly well. Uh, my my father in law says it's truly up in the holler. <laughs> and yeah. uh, but the kingdom impact when you start looking, uh, Robbie Gallaty is our pastor now. Had a heart, his heart is discipleship. Make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Amen. When you apply that model to children. So when we go home, when the family goes home after church, when we can attend church together uh, physically, Mm -hmm. the kids are hearing the same lesson as the students are hearing the same lesson as the parents are hearing the same lesson. And that's the lesson Robbie's preaching on that day. So literally when our our goal is when families go home, in their car, they're talking about God and his word and what they learned that day. So you've got that kind of kingdom impact on that level. Then our goal as a church to start 32 churches, uh, send out church planners over the next year. We're working with the North American Mission Board uh, to what they call their send cities. They identified 32 cities. They bought a home. Uh, Nam bought a home in our community. We, they bring their, We bring the church planter into Hendersonville. They live and work with us for one year. We coach them, we train them, we put mm. the team together, and then we launch them out to one of those cities. We just launched, I think our seventh, uh, we're, get, we're getting ready to launch our seventh church planter family. And I think right now we have about twenty people mm. committed to go and help start that church. That oh, and, the, very, and the very kingdom cool.
3: impact on that has to be just great. So, so let's talk about your leadership journey a little bit. So, how did God bring you on a journey that led you to your leadership role there at Long Hollow?
0: Well, I came out of a background of not active in church. Uh, was not that I, I was not that kid growing up. We mm. were not that family. Um, I went through a period of time of uh, child sexual abuse, uh, long-term, detailed, uh, right out of that, very, uh, you know, I, I had to work to get approval. I was, by the time I'm 13, uh, my goal in life was to make straight A's, get approval from everybody, play every sport that came along, and just trying my very best Um to figure out life. Mm-hmm. Uh, at seventeen, I felt God calling me to ministry, and so uh, immediately uh, started preaching. Uh, preached the first service. Uh, my wife and I got married. I was not—I had just turned nineteen. She was still eighteen. And off we go, uh, serving in church, uh, seminary at Louisville, Kentucky. Pastored a church there. Just on and on and on and on. You know, from one church to the next. And so, I think what happened for me and where God has placed me now, as the member care pastor, mm-hmm. doing a lot of counseling, doing a lot of care, leading the church in that care ministry, I th- I know now looking back, God used every single incident, every opportunity, that everything I encountered. You know that we, we firmly believe God never wastes a hurt.
1: That's for sure.
0: And when I knew that God had called, I knew God had called me to ministry. And I in, even then started thinking of myself as a minister. Mm-hmm. There have been times I've had to do tent making to pay bills, mm-hmm. but I was always involved in, in leadership and in loving people and working with people and trying to help folks get uh, navigate from point a to point B in their
1: lives. Now, there's a lot of people listening that are, I, they would, I wouldn't call them tent makers. That's just their full-time job that they take their job and it is a full-time ministry. Talk then Russell about a defining moment for you that really solidified who you are in Christ as a leader. Was there one of those moments where it's like, bam, <laughs>
2: well,
0: there were probably a lot of those moments along the way. Um, I was in a church in Knoxville, um, well, there were really two of those moments. Uh, if I have, I'll, I'll hit them real quick. One of those was I was pastor of First Baptist Church Seymour in uh, Seymour, Tennessee. And the church literally was about bankrupt. Uh, they had started a building project. Church had fought, split, problematic, uh, had a debt they couldn't pay the interest on. And they called me as their pastor. And literally six <laughs> months into this, nothing had changed. Hmm. I'd been there six months thinking that, okay, what do we do? And I met a fella. his name uh, was uh, Rocky Ramsey. He was a, a student of leadership. And he told me, we met, I, we had coffee, and he said, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to introduce you to the study of leadership. And that year, he took me to leadership, I think it was 94, 95, and it was uh, Bill Hobbles and John Maxwell together. <laughs> And at that moment, uh, my whole world changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came back and just had a whole different attitude about life and leadership.
3: So for the people listening to this show today, um, what can you tell them about becoming a student of leadership? Why is that so important?
0: Well, everything, you know, they'll saying, everything rises and falls in leadership and I think the church today, especially and i'm and I've been involved in the nonprofit world mm-hmm. uh, th- those organizations, Christian organizations are crying out for leadership we We have a leadership vacuum that somehow godly men and women have got to fill and 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 the, I guess the challenge is is to get away from get outside of, of ourselves and not come across to people as being egocentric, but being God-centered and, and other people focused and uh, learning how to lead people effectively. And you know, like Jim Collins' book, uh, to be able to look through a window at other people and give them the credit and not in a mirror to say, look at me and what I have done. And that just doesn't happen overnight. Uh, that, that's a lifelong process of learning leadership.
1: What a great lesson. Love that. Being a student of leadership. Hey, today we're talking with Russell Irwin, member care pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church, and we'll be back after just a couple of messages.
3: Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in our mission fields at work. The I Work for Him field manuals are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you, serving in the field. Go to iWorkForHim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today.
1: Hey, welcome back. Today, we talk with Russell Irwin, member care pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, a place that is known for, wow, Russell, you live in a place full of famous people, Mm -hmm. especially if they like music. Uh, There's also some decent barbecue in your area, Uh, but what, what do you see, what is the one thing as a leader, as the member care pastor, what's the one thing you see people being what takes them to their knees before the Lord? Uh, you're you're you do counseling, you do things. What's the one thing that finally breaks them and they finally surrender and say, OK, Lord, uh, I'm yours.
0: <laughs> well, we all want to be in control of the world around us. Uh, and if and anybody says they don't, then they're they're really in control. But they're really trying to be. In control. <laughs> uh, but that I think that's the truth. When 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 I look from my position I'm a member care pastor outwardly to the membership, but also when I'm walking with staff members with our pastor with uh, our leadership team, they've given me the ability and the opportunity to walk along beside of them at times and to just to be able to encourage them and to and to give them life. What drives me to my knees is uh, being the old guy around you know uh, but really trying to guide these. Young men and young women that are, I think, are you know pastors like forty two, forty three, and and their leadership team. I don't think but one person's older than him. Mm-hmm. But to guide young people and to be the the Paul to a Timothy, yeah. and to be able to walk with somebody and the wisdom that that requires, the grace that that requires the intimacy with Jesus to think that I have an opportunity to lead and to guide and to walk with someone that God may be going to use as the next Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. That drives me to my knees. And you know, I, I wake up in the morning praying for these guys. I wake, I go to bed at night praying for these guys. They are on my mind. Um, I love them. Um, I'm loyal to them. I love them. I care about them, but, Um, the responsibility I take on, they don't put it on me. Right. Right. I pick it up and carry it because I want to be a, a godly leader for them to learn from.
3: Mm.
1: It's quite a privilege.
3: It is well, and and what a what a blessing for them to. I'm sure they know that uh, you are bringing them before the throne, which is awesome. So let's talk about the Christian Leadership Alliance. It is a place where leaders come and invest in other leaders and share maybe what God's been teaching them or um, something that they've been learning in their own leadership. What is something that you want to share as an investment into our listeners today? About leadership,
0: I think for uh, today, looking at yourself being more self aware, I think the tendency for for leaders, whether we're working in a nonprofit, I was the um, for several years, I was the, uh, on the board actually working with uh, my Life Speaks as we developed a, a ministry for special needs kids in Haiti. I was the director of operations. Uh, and you just get caught up in the day to day business of raising money, of touching base, of talking with people, of of being and going and going and going. And I think the tendency is for us as leaders is if we're not self-aware, aware of our own shortcomings, aware of our own need to recharge our batteries, aware of the need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, in tune with God, walking with God, the need to be able to. To love with um, integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's we we get so caught up in our own agendas that we truly forget the fact that people around us are looking for someone who is authentic, who will hurt mm, with them, who right. will walk with them. And if we're not in touch with ourselves, I'm a student of the Enneagram. I love the more I read. The the Sacred Enneagram and these other books, uh, Comer's book right now, The the, um, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, just to Mm. say, God, I want to be the man you've called me to be. And I can't do that until I've learned about myself with the presence and the direction of the Holy Spirit.
1: (laughs) Wow. Say that again. I can't be who you want me to be until I know myself. Say that again.
0: I can't be who you intended for me to be, Lord, until I become aware of myself under the direction and the power of the Holy Spirit.
1: So let's talk about that because so many, you mentioned you are a chronologically superior guy on a staff full of up and comers. <laughs> and, and yet we're hearing from these up and coming generations, the millennials and the digital gen, Gen Z, that uh, they really want to run alongside us chronologically superior folks. They want an opportunity to live life with us in a transparent, authentic, relevant, compelling way. How do you make sure that that is part of what you're doing as you lead at Long Hollow Baptist Church?
0: Well, that's why I learned to do Zoom and and uh, yeah. and and I actually have an Instagram account though I haven't looked at it in like forever. But um, <laughs> that's what you no, got grandkids to, for, yeah. To to be con- yeah, I'm a Facebook guy. That tells you. So, but to be connected with the people around me, so, and again, it goes back to what what's my agenda if I'm if I'm operating in the church and just walking the halls at the church i really got to i have to ask myself what's my agenda here am i here so that they're going to see me am i here for my own accolade am i here to climb the ladder to get to the next step or am i truly honestly here connected abiding in christ my prayer is always lord do the work in this place But use me. I want your eyes and your ears. I want to hear Mm. what you want me to hear. I want to see what you want me to see. And if I'll have that attitude as I'm walking beside these young folks, um, it's that Timothy, Paul, and faithful men,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: 2 Timothy 2, 2 imagery, is that they
1: catch the fire. So, okay, you mentioned that thing. We talked about it before. That was... uh, um Howard Hendricks said everybody should have a Paul in their life. Everybody should have a Barnabas in their life. Everybody should have a Timothy in their life. Okay, but you got a lot of Timothys. probably have a few Barnabases. But do you have a Paul in your life, even in your chronologically superior age? Well, that, that's becoming
0: harder and harder to find. Oh, come on. Uh, There's mm-hmm. guys older than you around. Yeah, but let, let me tell you quickly, though. Yeah, uh, real quick. I was, I was teaching uh, a lesson one day about discipleship, and this older fella walked up to me and he said, I like what you had to say, but it's apparent you've never been discipled. And I'm like, okay, really? Well, come to find out he came from a crew background and navigators background. He knew the heart of discipleship and he knew I was saying the right words, but he could tell I'd never been truly disciple.
2: Wow. And he
0: took me under his wing. He said, meet me at McDonald's next Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. I'll disciple you. 2 years of hard discipleship and then we became best friends 7 years later we were still walking together. Mm. I got an email from him yesterday. He's he's in Knoxville, I'm in Nashville, you know, but he still shoots me an email to hold me accountable. That's awesome. I've had that, in my
1: life. that and that's what it's all about. Russell Irwin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for just sharing the story Long Hollow Baptist Church and thanks for sharing your story today with our podcast listening audience
0: been my privilege to be here. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity.
1: You bet. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for hearing from Russell and his heart and the amazing things. You're going to have to listen to this one two or three times in order to, be able to get everything out of this. Mm-hmm. And make sure that we're praying. We always pray beforehand, but we just pray that this podcast inspired you to just dig deeper in the kingdom. And if you don't have a mentor, you got to get one.
3: Now, remember, the wisdom in this podcast came to you on its way from someone else. If you loved it, please say so and share it with a friend.
1: You've been listening to I Work for Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work work for for him. Him.
2: number four him.com